Welcome to The Hold Room with ACC, a quick update on all things relating to airport development as well as the Airport Consultants Council. This episode is part of the Passenger Experience Series hosted by ACC's Terminal and Facilities Committee. In this series, we are collecting the experiences and perspectives about the future of passenger travel including changing demographics, such as the U.S. population aging and becoming more multicultural, new technologies, labor and supply chain shortages, and what the future may have in store. Thank you for joining us in the Hold Room. Joining Anita and Carrie in the Hold Room, Dan Barton with Intervistas gives an overview of the airport rental car industry. He talks about recent airport rental car market trends, recent and emerging technologies, rental car fleet electrification and its impact on the power grid, and how electrification factors into the passenger experience. Welcome back to The Hold Room. This is Carrie Wojcik. With me today is Anita Cobb from Meet and Hunt, Daniel Barton from Intervistas. I'd like to start off this interview, Daniel, by having you introduce yourself. Absolutely. So I'm with Intervistas, as you mentioned. I'm an airport planner by trade, been working as a master planner or ground transportation planner at airports for about 15 years. I've been with InterVistas for about seven. When we talk about ground transportation, really into parking planning and planning the curbsides, rental car planning, these types of facilities. Awesome. So in car rental, just to get a better idea, what are some of the trends you're seeing post-COVID? I do understand after COVID there were car shortages. Now there's labor shortages. So I'd be interested in just learning more about what you're seeing in general. Yeah, it's been very dynamic. If you look in the past, the rental car industry has generally grown in a straight path with growth in airline traffic. And then those last five years or so before the pandemic, we started to see that change a little bit because of transportation network companies, TNCs like Uber and Lyft. They started to steal a little bit of market share away from the rental car companies, a little bit away from parking also. And so specific to rental cars, we started to see rental cars decline when you looked at activity on a per passenger basis, not necessarily transactions. It could be at a lot of airports that rental car transactions continue to go up. But if you looked at it on a per passenger basis, rental car transactions started to slip those last five years before the pandemic. Then during the pandemic, especially in 2020, nobody wanted to get in an Uber or Lyft because it was a shared environment. And so rental car activity really took off on a per employment basis. Of course, their transactions were way down because very few people were traveling, but they looked very good compared to TNCs and parking. And then as we're coming out of the pandemic, we've started to see transactions return to traditional norms. Uber and Lyft have come back. There's been the labor shortages that you've talked about. They're also more expensive than they were. And so they haven't bounced all the way back. They haven't fully recovered. But parking has absolutely exploded. A lot of airports are struggling with parking capacity right now. And then rental cars, at a lot of airports, they're back to where they were right before the pandemic. The biggest change operationally for the rental cars is before the pandemic, they would flip a car in 12 to 15 minutes. So on a busy day, if you returned a car, they would have it cleaned and ready to rent out in another 15 minutes. But now there's extra cleaning required and sanitization. And so that might take 20 minutes. 
And that doesn't sound like a lot to us, an extra five minutes, who cares? But when you're managing a fleet of 2,000 vehicles, it's a big deal. Five minutes times 2,000 cars adds up really quickly. So you need more space, you need more facilities, you need more cars. And then, as Kerry mentioned, you have the car shortage or the vehicle shortage. And so all of these problems add up and exacerbate a lot of problems. With rental cars and even parking structures, are there challenges you're seeing with providing for the different technology capability, you know, using an iPhone or or an app to maybe rent out a vehicle with passengers? Or are you seeing improvements that are just being made to operations to accommodate for passengers that really want that stuff? One thing that accelerated or maybe improved during the pandemic is the use of technology in rentals. We saw the proportion of passengers that are using their app to go straight to their cars increase. Before the pandemic, there were certain brands that focused very much on that technology aspect. For example, the company Enterprise owns three brands. They own Enterprise, they own National, and they own Alamo. And Alamo has traditionally been a leisure market, a lot of weekend travelers, people that are going on vacations, whereas National is very business focused. And so National has the app that you can rent cars on, and Alamo doesn't. And what we saw during the pandemic is that more people transitioned to the app so that there were less contact points between customers and agents and the ability to get into your car a little bit quicker. And I used Enterprise as an example there, but that's true of Hertz, which also owns three brands. Their app became more powerful, and and especially Avis. Avis has put more focus in their app than probably anybody else. That's certainly been a change. And for the international traveler that is often very app-focused or technology-focused, that's been an improvement for them. The other one that I would mention is a rental car company called Silver Car. Silver Car are kind of a niche little company, but they focus very much on their app. Ideally, with their model, you would never come in contact with a customer service agent. You would use your app to notify you where your car is. You'd walk up to the car and unlock your car with your app. When you're done using your car, you would return the car using the app. And so Silver Car is at the leading edge of using technologies for rental cars. Is there anything that the rental car agencies are doing to think about the people that they're serving? The reason why I ask that is because I've been a part of several strategic plans where we bring together airport stakeholders to talk about what type of opportunities that we have to improve passenger experience. And a lot of times rental car agencies do come to those conversations about how to improve equity and environmental justice at an airport, because if we think about how airports are pulling together either strategic plans, sustainability plans, and things of that nature, rental cars are going to be a big contributor to their customer experience. Also think about the environmental impacts of your fleets that you have with your cars and stuff like that. So just didn't know if you had any feel for whether the companies that you work with find ways to better engage with their airports to understand how to align with their efforts. You referred to environmental efforts or sustainability. That is a huge piece that the rental car companies are interested in. And I guess the direction I would point to is electric vehicles. Each of the rental car companies, they're all evaluating how electric vehicles will impact their operation. It's a huge deal. Ford and GM, for example, have announced that they will be all electric by 2035. But what that means to the rental car companies is that within 10 to 12 years, they're going to have to convert their entire fleets to electric vehicles. 
So if you think about the rental car operation, when a customer like you or I returns a car, a rental car employee takes that car, they'll take it to a fuel pump. It's their operation, but it looks very much like a gas station that you or I would go to. They vacuum that car and they fuel it. And today it takes five to 10 minutes to vacuum or fuel a car. And then they'll run it through the car wash and then it'll be ready to be rented again. With an electric vehicle, we currently don't have technologies to charge a car in five to 10 minutes. So what we're looking at now is maybe with a level three charger or a DC fast charger, you could charge a car in 20 to 30 minutes. So that's a little bit closer and that makes it palatable. With a level two charger, you're talking about three to six hours. And that's not conducive to the current rental car operation. You'd have to increase your fleet double or triple what it currently is. You'd have to increase your rental car lots by two or three times. Right now, Hertz in particular has been very forward thinking about electric vehicles. They're moving forward on a two-phase basis. So their first phase was to go to their rental car facilities at airports and install as many level two chargers as possible. Hertz then purchased a bunch of Teslas and Polestars and GMs, electric vehicles, and they've been using those level two chargers to kind of push forward, but it doesn't align with their traditional operational method. Phase two of Hertz implementation is to install level three chargers in their QTAs or the quick turnarounds. The challenge there is the grid capacity. So a level three charger, a DC fast charger, has a load on the grid of about 125 kilowatts. That's equivalent to like a mid-sized hotel. That's just one level three charger. But for the rental car operation, let's say like a medium hub, like Dallas Love Field or New Orleans, you might need 200 level three chargers for the rental car industry. That adds up really quick. You couldn't build two or 300 mid-sized hotels and expect your local power company to accommodate that. But that's what the rental car industry might need in the next five or 10 years. And so it's a huge, huge issue how the rental car companies can transition to electric vehicles and at the same time have the local power companies provide sufficient grid capacity for all of these level three chargers. You're going to have to have a new name for your quick turn facility. (laughs) So what does that stakeholder engagement look like for you to start these conversations that you're having with utility companies so that airports can get ready for these challenges? Most airports are already having these conversations with the electric companies in their jurisdictions. In some places, the rental car companies are talking directly to electric companies. It's a major stakeholder engagement process that involves all three. The airport has to be forward thinking on how to address these electric grid challenges. It's not just the rental car industry. You have parkers that want EV chargers in the parking facilities. You have GSE equipment that is being converted to electric vehicles. Some states are requiring that airport fleets be electric vehicles. And so you're going to start to see you know, the F-150 Lightning be a common fleet vehicle at airports. And that means they've got to charge those vehicles somewhere. A lot of airports are shifting to electric buses for their parking shuttles or their airfield shuttles. Those buses need to be charged, and there's different ways to charge them. But you add all these different things up, and it creates an enormous challenge to meet that capacity on your electric grid. 
So we're seeing some airports do electric master plans or electric vehicle master plans to try to engage the electric companies and all of these various stakeholders, whether it's rental car companies or fleet managers or even some of their tenants to figure out what their future vision is for electric vehicles and how best they can plan their electric grid to meet those demands. So I had no idea that a lot of airports already are using electric buses. Are there airports that currently don't versus are there airports that are moving forward on this very quickly? I wouldn't say that most airports are using electric buses. There's maybe 20 to 30 that have electric buses, and that's growing pretty rapidly. But there's still a lot of kinks to work out. So I was recently at the AAAE parking and Laneside workshop. There were probably 60 or 70 airports there, and maybe 20 or 30 of them had electric buses. Some of them had really good experiences with the electric buses, and some of them had terrible experiences with the electric buses. So there's mixed reviews on that. Most of the negative experiences are related to mechanical issues. And so they'll have a bus down for a couple of days or, or a week or more while the manufacturer brings in a technician to figure out what the problem is. And there seems to be some lemons out there that they just can't figure out. But for those that seem to work really well from day one, they love them. They do have a long downtime. You know, they've got to charge for six to eight hours. So what a lot of airports have done is they've bought four or eight electric buses and they still maintain their large fleet of 12 or 16 traditional diesel powered buses. And that's because of that downtime on the electric buses. They just have to charge for a long time. Does the electrification of airport vehicles that passengers use, whether that be a zero emission bus or shuttle, rental car, any of those things, does it have an impact on their experience? That's a great question. A few thoughts. I'll start with buses. So electric buses are generally a better experience For one, they're newer. Most of the new buses are electric buses. And for the curbside experience, they're quieter. They produce a lot less emissions. All of us who have traveled have probably been standing on the curbside when a diesel bus tried to accelerate and created a cloud of black smoke around us. That doesn't exist with electric vehicles. So that's a vast improvement. I'll then shift to the rental cars. Electric vehicles tend to accelerate a little bit faster, They have certain driving characteristics that are a little different. Each customer has their own preferences. And so I think offering customers the full range of options is the best thing for customer experience and let the customers choose for themselves what they prefer. Awesome. Great response. I sit on another committee that's the future of airports. They focus a lot on electrification as it relates to urban air mobility, things of that nature. And one thing that came up during one of our meetings was the cost for the passenger. You know, although well intended to meet sustainability initiatives, sometimes these initiatives can be an economic hazard to a passenger, depending on how it's costed to them and their availability to know where to charge the vehicle and and operate it. I don't know if that's a silly question, but I know it's come up before when we've discussed this topic. I'll use parking as an example. So when Electric vehicles first came out, airports started installing electric vehicle chargers and they were provided free to anybody that wanted to use them. A lot of airports, I would say the majority of airports still do that. If a vehicle is mostly empty of charge, it does cost the airport between $10 and $15 to charge a car. 
And so if you have 10 or 20 chargers at an airport, it adds up. And so more and more airports are looking at recovering those costs or at least charging the charger vehicle. Now, there's other concessionaires out there that help airports charge for charging vehicles. And most of those companies charge a 20 to 30% premium. So when you pull up to the airport and you're paying to charge your vehicle, you're paying for the cost of the power and an additional 20 to 30%. That 20 to 30% covers the cost of the concessionaire, covers the cost of the equipment, overhead. But from the consumer perspective, that means that it's more expensive to charge my car at the airport than it is at home. And if you're only driving 10 to 30 miles to the airport, another 30 miles back home, then you really don't need to charge at the airport. So I know of several examples where airports have started to charge for charging and people have stopped using their chargers when that happens because it's so much cheaper. It's 20 to 30 percent cheaper to charge your car at home. So it creates a question, and maybe this is what you're driving at, Carrie. You have this conundrum. You have these sustainability goals. You want to have electric vehicle chargers, but at the same time, it costs the airport a lot of money to do that. And then when you start charging to use this equipment, people stop using it. And so you're no longer meeting your sustainability goals. That's the conundrum that a lot of airports are finding themselves in right now. Do you believe that for the passenger that might be renting out the electric vehicle, that it's a better cost to them if they were to use regular gas guzzling car or, or truck that they rent out? Hertz has kind of gone all in on electric vehicles. And if you just go on Hertz's website, search for electric vehicles, they're typically quite a bit more expensive than a traditional gas powered vehicle. And so for the consumer, we make our choice. Do I want to pay more for a more technologically advanced car like a Tesla or Polestar, or do we want to go with a more traditional vehicle? A little bit of a pivot, just because I want to understand something about like the airports that you work with. And if there are any that you feel that really are hitting the mark on how they're interacting with rental car agencies and, and the ways that they're trying to impact the passenger experience. And once you when you give those examples, what is it that sets them apart? Think about what is best in your rental car experience, or maybe the inverse is better. When you rent a car, what drives you nuts? <laughs> for me, or I think for a lot of customers, or some of the surveys show that bus rides are the most painful part of running a car. So when the rental car companies engage the airports on how to improve the rental car experience, a lot of them are very focused on planning close-in facilities. For example, Salt Lake City built a new terminal, just opened two years ago. They put the rental car companies in the garage right across from the terminal. It's an excellent customer experience. On the flip side is New Orleans. New Orleans opened a new terminal two or three years ago. When they built the new terminal, they ended up on opposite sides of the airport. It's just the way that it happened. The consolidated rental car facility was built down by the old terminal. And it's a 20-minute ride between the terminal and the consolidated rental car facility. And the rental car companies have seen their traffic go way down since the new terminal was open. Customers experience it once, and when they're back, they don't want to experience it again. So I think that's the biggest thing is getting a facility that's within walking distance or if not within walking distance, at least a short shuttle ride to and from the facility. 
I really want to understand some more information about your staffing situation and how that leads into the customer experience. So we understand that the rental car agency is very low margin, so you will want to keep your staffing costs low, which at the same time, you have staffing shortages in industry, which create its own little set of problems. How is the staffing shortage in industry affecting the level of customer service? The biggest impact on customer service is that it's taking the rental car companies longer to turn around cars during really busy periods. I've had experiences in the past two years where I've had to wait for 20 or 30 minutes for a car to be ready. So that's not a great experience. And that's a direct impact from the labor shortages. And most of the time, it's not a big issue, but it is on a busy travel day when there's a lot of people trying to rent cars. They just can't turn the cars around fast enough. You referred to the rental car companies trying to keep a small staff. I think that's true, but that's not an issue right now. Every rental car representative that I have talked to has talked about how hard it is to hire people, how they're desperate to hire more people, and how it is impacting the customer experience. With that, Daniel, are they looking for ways to automate some of the process to alleviate labor shortage concerns? That's an interesting question. So in the U.S., I've not seen automation on a large scale. Maybe that will come with autonomous vehicles. So we've talked about different technologies, but one, a big one looming on the horizon of the ground transportation industry is autonomous vehicles. Autonomous vehicles right now have a worse outlook than perhaps they did five years ago. I think five years ago when we'd be at conferences or speaking to industry reps, It was all about having autonomous vehicles in the early 2020s. And there are some forms of autonomous vehicles that have occurred. For example, Winnipeg has autonomous snowplows. There's examples of autonomous GSE equipment out there. There are autonomous shuttle buses that are being piloted around the country, whether it's at airports or in national parks. Pretty cool. When it comes to the rental car industry, we could envision a day, this is probably 10 or 20 or maybe even 30 or 40 years off, when a car can take itself into the quick turnaround or the QTA and maneuver through all those steps individually without having to be staffed through that process. But I think that's a long ways off. With one exception, there is a facility in Germany that does have automated quick turnaround where a staff member drives it onto a conveyor system and the conveyor kind of takes it through the fuel and wash process. But it's kind of gimmicky. It doesn't operate as efficiently as they'd like. And so it hasn't been implemented elsewhere that I have seen, at least. But it is kind of the golden goose in the industry, how to automate that process. Definitely. And you see that with aircraft and the talk of urban air mobility. Well, thanks, Daniel, for joining us today in the hold room. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carrie and Anita. It's great to talk to you today. Thanks for joining us in The Hold Room for this special podcast series exploring the new passenger experience. You can find more from this series on the ACC Training Hub. That's training.acconline.org backslash the-hold-room or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Follow us for more content from the Airport Consultants Council. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating or review and by telling your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.